Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Some of you are going like this, whatever, whatever, huh? As a kid, especially as a teenager, I would uh, do that to my parents every now and then. My dad's sitting right there, he'll tell you, yeah, he whatevered us a lot. Some of you, when I, as soon as I start talking about small group, you're getting, you're like, okay, whatever, that's what you did, whatever. I, later, I became a youth pastor, right? And many teenagers uh, would give you that, whatever, I roll. Every time you start talking about something important, they don't want to hear it, whatever. Wake up. Um, and, and you get that eye roll. And, and, and you're trying to help them avoid the pitfalls of life. You're trying to help them understand they're heading down a path. And because of their indifference to your counsel, suddenly you'd find yourself with a family, laid up one night, trying to sort out what happened, why it happened, and you knew it was coming, and they were just indifferent to your counsel. Whatever. Well, whatever. And, and, and you, you and, and it became very frustrating. I, I frustrated my parents, and knowing I remember my mom, my mom, I know Bill Cosby's not a very popular figure right now, but I remember him talking about his, but his, his mom saying, "You, you roll out those little eyes, and me, I roll out a little head of yours down on the floor." Right? And and, and, and you know, I, I think we, we we get like that, and, and and we all deal with indifference at some point in time, right? We all become indifferent to things that are really important. We, we lose track. We become apathetic, and, and we're just kind of like, yeah, okay, and we just shrug our shoulders and get on down the road. And, you know, indifference is a plague. Did you know that? It's a plague, and if it infects you, things get bad. It, it, it gets crazy, and it, it, can, it can dull you into a deep sleep until you sleep to death. And it becomes death to your faith, it becomes death to your relationships, it becomes death to your calling, it becomes death to your joy, it becomes death to your peace, it becomes death to your direction in life. And you get, you get lulled to sleep. Some of you think the opposite of love is anger. And that's a false statement. I have a sign hanging in my office right now that says something to the effect of, the opposite of love isn't anger. Because when you're angry, it's because you care about something. The opposite of love or care is indifference. And indifference is a signal that you've ceased to care. That's the opposite of love. Some of your spouses know what that's like when, you're, when, you're, when your significant other starts treating you indifferently. That's worse than them being angry at you, isn't it? And they won't talk to you? And they shut you out? Am I right? You'd rather have a conversation than be just like, you know... Sister Icicle over here or whatever, right? So I got good news for you. Even in that state of death, the words, the words of Scripture are true. Just as everyone dies, even if it's indifference, because we belong to Adam. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. See, even in the slumber of indifference, Jesus and his grace can raise us up on purpose to purpose. Even in the slumber of indifference, 
See, we've talked about uh, being disheartened, and we've talked about disillusionment, and we've talked about disappointment over the last four weeks. And God, we've, we've shown you from stories in Scripture that God can raise us up out of those kinds of crazy things. But indifference is a whole other thing. A different indifference is, is something that, that we don't even realize happened. We just realized that, you know, you, like, like NF said, you, you, you've been in a coma. You didn't even realize it. You were, you were never awake. You, you, you woke up one morning and things changed. So here's the deal. We're going to look at Acts 20, verses 7 through 12 today, a really short passage of Scripture for a change, which is kind of funny when you get to the content, actually. I want to say this right off the bat. Familiarity can breed indifference. The more familiar you come with, become with something, the more indifferent you, the, more, the easier it is to become indifferent. The, 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 the more you think you understand certain things, the easier it is to go, yeah, and start shrugging your shoulders. Acts 20, verse 7 reads like this. On the first day of the week, we gather with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. So some people wonder, you know, the, the, the Hebrews used to, used to worship on Saturday, and now we, used to, now we worship on Sunday. What's the big deal? Well, there, there's, your, there's your scriptural reason. Because now we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And it happened on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. We're not following the Pope I've had people accuse me of that. I don't even know his name right now. And I've never had any correspondence from him, so I don't, I don't think I'm following him. Anyway, and if, you're, you know, if you've got a Catholic background, I'm not against that. I'm just saying, you know, you know what I'm saying. So here comes the fun part. So Paul was preaching to them, it says. And since he was leaving the next day, everybody say, praise Jesus. Before we go any step further, praise Jesus. Come on. Because here's this. He kept talking till midnight. Right now it's 11 o'clock. The way I figure, I got a good 13 hours left. Huh? And all the visitors are going, oh no, what did we get ourselves into? I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe not. Okay, the upstairs room we met was lighted with flickering lamps. And as Paul spoke, listen to, listen to Luke's words. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill became very drowsy. I've observed that here at Church Triumphant. Oh, in all actuality, I, I, was, I was an example of that. I remember several, several years ago, maybe, maybe close to 20 now, we had a sunrise service for Easter. And I, I got to preach the sunrise service. Pastor Eric, our former pastor, was preaching the main service. We had breakfast in between, which means we got up like at 3 o'clock in the morning, started making breakfast and different things. And I'm sitting right about, right in front of Toby right here. And I remember Pastor Eric preaching during, during the main service. And I've seen, he'd walk down that way towards that window, and I'm sitting here like this, and he goes, he starts walking back this way, and I go, I can, my, on the inside, I go, my eyes are shutting, my eyes are shutting, my eyes are shutting. And I have no idea how long I was out, except for when I turned back around, he was walking the other way. When I, when, I, when I finally woke up, however long I was out, I don't know, and he was looking straight at me. I'm like, don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep, don't go, oh, and the body just couldn't handle it anymore. He was like, done, 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 done. Can I say something to you? It says it was, it was close to midnight. They had flickering lamps. Can I, can I, can I make an, an, an allegorical statement right now? When we need good preaching, especially when it's dark, and we need it until we get it. 
Paul has urgency in his soul here. Something you may not understand about the story here. Paul's making his last track through some places he's been. He's about to go to prison, and he knows it. And he wants to make sure in the dark times his people live in that they're going to get everything he can, he can give to them. And he's, he's preaching, and he's preaching. There's such urgency in his heart that he wants to get something. Paul is the opposite of indifferent in this passage. He's, he's the opposite of apathetic. There is such passion and such, such intensity. He's like, I'm going to keep going until they get it. I'm going to keep rolling until I unload it all. I'm going to make sure these guys are equipped to keep walking this thing out because I'm not going to be here very much longer. And i got wood to God that every one of us would live our lives recognizing we don't know how much time we have. We're going to make the most opportunity we're in and make sure people get to see the person of Christ, the love of God, and the truth of the gospel. There will be urgency in our heart. We've got to stay at it until people around us get it. Paul just keeps going. I kind of, I kind of hear Luke's kind of sarcasm. I don't know. Some, some, some people have the, the spiritual gift of sarcasm. He kept going on and on, Luke said. You know what I mean? Going on and on. And some of you think, yeah, that's what Pastor Aaron does. He just keeps going on and on. And here's the thing. We can, we can look like we got it all together, like we're living on purpose. But we get so used to things. We get so blessed, so comfortable, that that sends us down a path to, to indifference. This guy, Eutychus, great name, by the way, right? How many of you guys right now just suddenly are really thankful for the name your parents gave you? Huh? Like, thank you, Jesus, for Jimmy. Jimmy's a great name. Or Ricky. Ricky's a great name. Huh? My father-in-law's looking at me like, shut up, Aaron. At least you're not Eutychus. You know what I mean? Eutychus, his name means this. His Eutychus means fortunate. Names are really important in Scripture. Some of you guys name your, name your people because it sounds pretty or it sounds nice or whatever, right? I name my kids on purpose. Wake up! Okay. Wake up! Um, here's what I was saying. Sometimes being fortunate can be deadly. Over and over and over again, the children of Israel in the Old Testament found themselves walking into the blessing of God and walking right into slumber spiritually. Because those things became a means, an end to themselves, not the means for God to accomplish His purpose in their life. And if you are blessed, it's not because God wants you to have everything. If you're, you're blessed because God wants you to give things away. He wants you to give away. If you have hope, He wants you to give it away. If you have forgiveness, He wants you to give it away. If you have financial resource, He wants you to give it away. If you, if you have time, He wants you to give it away. If you, I mean, I'll go through the list. If you have a blessing in any area of your life, it's not just for you. And being fortunate, if you just use it for you, it's a place for you to go to sleep. You, you, can, you, can, be law, you can be lawed into it. Blessing as an end to itself brings indifference. And if that's all you're searching for is blessing, you will miss it. You will miss the purpose of God. You will find yourself straight up asleep sitting where the preacher's preaching. Another thing that lulls us asleep is hearing but not responding to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. You know, you've heard, you've heard the voice of God nudge you. It's like you're getting too close to the line where, you know, every, what everybody else is doing. And you stop listening, right? You find yourself not hearing Him so well. Your own carnality, your own selfishness, right? You, you hear him nudging you, and then all of a sudden you just stop listening, and you kind of start dozing off, and, and his voice becomes like the, the peanuts teacher. Whoop, whoop. 
And you know he's saying something, but you can't make sense of it. And you wake up with your head on the desk in a puddle there underneath your chin, right? Being just committed enough to appease your conscience. That'll lull you to sleep. That'll make you indifferent. Just committed enough just to make myself feel good. Legalism. Legalism will wear you out. Put you to sleep right now. Trying to keep up with every jot and tittle. Trying to do everything and make sure everybody else does it too, man. Next thing you know, you've missed the real point of the gospel. You're sleeping. You don't even know it because you're just plumb more out. Trying to check off everybody's sheet and check off your own. It can be dangerous to become indifferent. You know why? Because you can sleep to death. Look at, look at the latter part of Acts 20, verse 9. Finally, this guy Eutychus, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Wow! Right? Isn't that crazy? He fell three stories. They were doing house church, by the way. Small groups. It wasn't very small, apparently, because he was up in the third floor while Paul was preaching. <laughs> Which kind of, makes it kind of funny, because you all get squirmy if we get more than a few extra people in here. That guy was all up on top of me, man. It was like tight in there. I was sweating. I'm going to go back for about three weeks, make sure they're gone. Isn't that crazy? American church, this is true. Once you get to 80% capacity, they tell you you got to start thinking about adding a service or building a building because people don't want to be that close to one another. Isn't that crazy? These people are sitting on top of each other in a house trying to hear the word of God. I've traveled overseas, man. I know people who walk 25 miles, walk, walk 25 miles to get there. And they don't have a nice building like this with air conditioning and heat and all that and, and cushy pews. They have a tin roof, and it's like I'm sitting around on the, on the, on the equator. It's about 115 degrees, and, and they're, they're sitting in like lawn chair things and can't wait to get there. If they don't fix that doggone air conditioning, I ain't coming back. You know what? You're asleep, and you don't even know it. Just saying. I mean, I don't know. What is the deal with the paint anyway? I mean, I don't even like that color. And you're asleep, and you don't even know it. Huh? He fell asleep. It didn't start with the plunge. It started with some heavy eyelids. It started with a nodding head, then it went to a complete collapse. I was sitting in Bible college one day. So you, can be, you can be around what God's doing and still fall asleep. You can be right in the middle of what God's up to, man. You can be right there and still fall asleep. I was sitting in Bible college one day in chapel. And, and I'm looking, and, and they had the, 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 the seats kind of angled a little bit. And I can remember looking over, and I could see this guy. He wasn't in my row. He was like in the row like right here, but it was angled. So I was kind of looking right at him, right? Or I could see him out the corner of my eye. I watched him do like this. He was like. I don't know. Sometimes in Bible college, you're working, you know, a couple jobs to make ends meet. Sometimes we found out a lot of kids in Bible college were going to Bible college, and they weren't, they weren't necessarily following Jesus and doing all kinds of other crazy stuff. And uh, I don't know which, what, what his problem was. I didn't know him personally, but I remember just watching him, and all of a sudden he was like, he went, and he almost fell like, boom, we almost had to have, I think his name was Eutychus. I, mean, I think he fell out the back of his chair. Me and the three guys I was sitting with were like, whoa, he almost fell in one of our laps, you know. And it was crazy. He's right there in the middle. He's, it, theoretically, he's following the plan of God for his life. He's at Bible college, and he's falling asleep during chapel. 
And sometimes it happens right here. Sometimes it happens. Had somebody tell me to make sure I preach loud this morning because they were kind of tired. Hope I'm coming through. Sometimes we think God or the preacher isn't getting to the point quick enough. It can be dangerous to become apathetic. Because when we, we can fall into stuff that is so deadly. Just stop being. But first Peter writes, be sober, be vigilant. It's, it's kind of cool that Peter writes that because you know what his problem was? He fell asleep when Jesus told him he ought to be praying. He fell asleep. Jesus was like, pray for me just one hour, bro. I just need one hour. G- give me one hour, man. Peter's like, oh, I got that. Jesus got it. Got it. Right on. Right on. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can do your thing. I'll be right. Jesus got to come wake him up, right? And he's the guy who goes, listen, be sober, be vigilant, be awake and aware. Because your enemy runs around like a roaring lion. He wants to take you out. Eutychus is there in the presence of God. The guy's preaching his guts out. And he falls asleep. My guess is it wasn't one of those kind of services you get every now and then where everybody's you know, swinging from the chandeliers or whatever. It must have been just good, solid preaching and the dude just couldn't hang. I don't know. Sometimes we think we need all the other stuff. Well, we need good, solid preaching because the times are evil, man. We, know what God, we need to know what God has to say about stuff. We don't need all the other pomp and circumstance. We need the truth. We need to penetrate our hearts. We need to change our minds. We need to change our lives. We rather have all the emotional and crazy stuff. And then God's like, no, you need to change how you're living, not just have a good service. You need to know what the truth of God says so you can apply it. And Eutychus is there falling asleep. It became apathetic. You know what? He probably didn't even realize it. I bet you, I, I'm just guessing. Like, you know, a few minutes later, he's like, Dudes, what happened? I don't know what happened. What am I doing here? I don't know what happened. Hey, this doesn't. I wasn't here a minute ago. And here's other things that blow you to sleep. The yeah buts. Anybody got the yeah buts? Yeah, but he must be talking to someone else this morning. Yeah, but he must not realize everything I already know. Yeah, but he must be unaware of everything I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, but he must understand how busy I am. Yeah, but he must understand how tired I am. Yeah, but I can't help it. Anybody got some yeah buts? Yeah, but. I bet you some of you been yeah butting me before I got to this part, didn't you? Huh? You been yeah butting me? Just shake your head if you. Just, yes, I've been yeah butting you. Huh? It's good. Bible says if we confess our faults one to the other, we get healed. Yeah, but it's cool. Ephesians 5.14 reads like this. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Understand what the will of God is. You know how you find out what the will of God is? You find out what the will of God is by reading His Word, being listening to good teaching, being a part of it, digesting it daily. Phil just read to us about the Word of God. Did you not? And the Word of God can never be extinguished by darkness. This crazy Paul is preaching at night. Lamps are flickering. It's midnight or past. And the dude is having at it. He's trying to extinguish darkness with the Word of God. And this dude falls asleep right in the middle of it. 
And, and I think we do that a lot. I think we get, it's so easy for us to live for Jesus. We can find Christian music on different radio stations. We can podcast what we want. We can find Christian radio and TV. We got all kinds of things. We can buy the CDs and download this and do all that. And all of a sudden, we don't even realize that we've lost the urgency to complete the mission, and we're falling asleep. Just, just, just lost it. And we get the yeah buts and we're asleep. We don't even know what. Make the best use of the time because the days are evil. It's dark out. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will, you find out what the will of the Lord is by engaging the scripture, by engaging the church, by engaging a small group, by giving yourself to prayer, by giving yourself to, to, to accountability, all those things. See, even the slumber of indifference, Jesus' grace can raise us to purpose on purpose. Or on purpose, to purpose. Pick one. I don't care which way it goes. I think think it goes both ways. The cool thing about God is His grace meets us every morning. The Bible says His mercy is new every morning. This dude falls asleep in the middle of service, falls three stories to his death, and God's grace is right there. Look at verse 10. So Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. And Paul says, don't worry. He said, he's alive. This is classic. Then they all went back upstairs, shared the Lord's Supper, and ate together. And Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. Don't you guys find it funny? Paul, Paul gets up and goes, hey, he's alive. And they all go upstairs like nothing happened. Oh, yeah, let's get back, let's get back to what we were doing. Isn't that funny? Grace is a funny thing. Grace, grace shows up. Just keep going. God's grace is profound. It overcomes even apathy and indifference. Because some of you think you need grace just because, you know, you know, people need grace because they're, I don't know, adulterers or addicts or digest some pornography on a regular basis or can't keep their mouth clean. Stingy, they gamble. And you don't even realize right now you are in definitely the grace of God sitting right here, right here this morning. Because you're walking in apathy and you're walking in indifference. And the cool thing about it is grace is right here. Is that awesome or what? Huh? I mean, I, I definitely needed grace right here, man, that, that one Easter Sunday morning. You know what I mean? I needed it bad. You know what I find that was funny? Because Pastor Eric, maybe he was in his tunnel. I don't know. You, know, you, get, you get to doing something. You don't, you don't, you, people think you're paying attention. You're not. But he was walking right like this. You know, he never, he never brought that up to me, ever. Aaron, you're the youth pastor. What are you doing to fall asleep in the front row? <laughs> Could have got that. You know what I mean? It's that grace, right? Grace. Grace, grace interrupts our lives. Grace interrupts the natural flow of things. Grace changes things. And here's, what, here's something I want to say to you. God won't allow your indifference to stop his mission. But you might miss an opportunity. I wonder how much vital information Eutychus missed that set him back. A few days, a few weeks, a few months. Now God's grace intervenes because God's not going to let his mission stop. That's why they just go back right upstairs. Because the mission wasn't done yet. They weren't finished doing what they were doing. And he's like, listen, 
But Eutychus missed some vital information, I'm sure of that. If Paul had that much urgency to be there and keep going until, well, we just read he went, he, he went way past midnight. He kept preaching until dawn, which now gives me about, let me think. Let's see, what would that be? That'd be about, oh, about 19 hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. You might miss some really important stuff, but the resurrection of even the indifferent becomes an opportunity for the gospel. Look at verse 12. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well. And everyone was greatly relieved. I love the way ESV reads the same. Listen to this. And they took the youth away alive, and they were not a little comforted. Doesn't that just have a little, a little different implication to it? Like, dude, it wasn't a little bit of comfort in that place. Dude, it was a lot. Like, suddenly, they all realized God's grace is covering all of them. He's covering all of them. He's got them squared away. And, and, and we, get, we, we get lulled to sleep. I think sometimes we get lulled to sleep because we think our story is not that important. Our opportunity is not that important. Because we got, okay, let me walk this way. Derek ditched me. We'll get him, I'll get him later. So we've heard Tosh and Derek's story over and over and over again, right? That was a chance to go, whatever. Whatever. Okay. And so we start thinking, like, man, that's really cool. If I had that testimony, man, God could do something for me, man. And right here in Acts 20, we find that this all this did do was all this dude did was fall asleep. That's it. Wasn't some big, ugly, heinous, awful, sinful, bad, you know, life off the rails. You know, it was it was God. He fell asleep in of all places, church. And God woke him up and used his story to bring relief and comfort to other people. So quit comparing yourself. Don't lull yourself to sleep thinking God can't use your story, can't use your testimony, can't, can't use your thing. He didn't have enough grace to make your stuff work for his glory and other people's good. Don't, don't lull yourself to sleep thinking that. Because you know what you're doing when you're doing that? You're becoming indifferent to the grace of God. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians, he says, we err when we compare. You start comparing your story to somebody else's story, and you, you, you go off the rails. You go off the rails. Don't be indifferent to his grace. It's because even in, even in the slumber of indifference, Jesus' grace has the power to raise us up on purpose to purpose. Here's my last point. Indifference is deadly, so wake up. Stop being indifferent to the Word of God, to the preaching of the Scriptures, to the small group God's got you connected to, to, to the mission of God, to your own testimony, to whatever. Stop being indifferent. Because Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 are still true. God is so rich in mercy, and He loves you so much, even in your indifference, even in your apathy, even in your sleeping, slumberous state. He loves you so much that though you were dead in that, he gave you life when He raised Christ from the dead. Past tense. There's resurrection power for you here today. I'm here. 
You are God's masterpiece. He's created you anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things He planned for you long ago. That's the story of the gospel. Every one of us matter. Every one of us need the power of God. We need the urgency of the Scripture, the urgency of the Spirit of God to keep us aroused, to keep us awake, to keep us tracking forward. And if we, if we fall asleep, we can fall asleep to death. And we'll wake up one morning and our marriages will be collapsing. We'll wake up one morning and we'll wonder, how did we get here? We'll wake up one morning and our kids will be up and growing and we don't know what happened. We'll wake up one morning and we'll think, dude, I used to, we used to be really good friends. It's been forever since I talked to them. They used to, they used to encourage me and I don't know what went on. I, I used to have a dream of doing this great work for God and I don't even know what happened. I guess I started working too much overtime or doing something else and all of a sudden it's just gone. So how do you make it? How, how, how do you move forward from here? First, you've got to acknowledge that you're indifferent. Every addict knows, every alcoholic knows, the way, the way to be getting whole is to admit that you've got the problem. Now everybody's like, I'm yawning. Okay. I don't anybody see me. There is such a thing as physical tiredness, which is okay. There's grace for that. Right? Second, you've got to ask yourself, why? Why did I become indifferent? Why? Get back to the why. The why matters more than the what or the how. Why did I end up there? When did I stop being urgent about the things of God? What, what lulled me to sleep? Was it I was working all the time? Was it just... Worry and concern was it? I, God was nudged me to forgive, and I just chose not to. Was it? Whatever it is, what 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 was it? Thirdly, you got to burn the bridge of indifference. You got to make it impossible for you to get back there. Revelation chapter two. There's a story of Jesus in his in his resurrected state, quoting to a guy named John a letter to a church. And he says, man, you guys look alive, you look good, you look apart, but I, I have something against you. You've left your first love. So what I want you to do is I want you to go back and do what you were doing when the passion was really up. When your appreciation for my grace was really up. I want you to go back and do those first things over again. And so the way you burn the bridges to indifference is you go back to the things that inflamed your passion for Jesus in the first place. You begin to stir those things up. You let the breath of God breathe fresh and new into areas of your life you haven't let him into for a really long time. And you let that, you let that happen. You need to, need to wake up. You need to let grace raise you up. Can I say something? It's okay to rest so long as you're resting in the grace of Jesus. We're not talking about doing works for work's sake and getting brownie points. We're talking about appreciating the grace of God and living in accordance with how amazingly good and powerful He's been. And if you rest in that, it's not that I have to do things, it's that I get to do things. I get to be connected to Christ. I get to be a part of the kingdom. I get to pray. I get to hear the preaching of the word without fear for my life that somebody's going to come barging in and take us all to jail. I get to be a part of that. I get to worship. I get to give. I get to do this. I get to. And rest that the grace of God is sufficient. I'm going to ask Jay to come. He's going, he's going to play you a song. Not quite as abrupt and in your face. 
as the first video I played you. But want to give you a chance to, to, to walk into being awake. As a matter of fact, it's called Wake Up, too, actually. And so what I want you to do, because I, I, I know how it is. You've been sitting for a long time listening to this guy spit and sweat and preach and scream. Right? I want you to consider if you can, if, whether you are indifferent or not. Once you come to that conclusion, I want you to ask yourself why you've ended up there. And thirdly, I want you to determine what you were doing that made you alive in Jesus. Now, some of you may not be alive in Christ yet, which is cool, and we're glad you're here. Right? You may have been indifferent to a lot of different things, and you're, you're, this is a last-ditch effort for you to get some things squared away. And you're thinking, oh, I've tried everything else. Why not this? And that's cool. It's all right. But can I tell you something? There's this God who loves you so desperately, so urgently, that he wants to cover every bit of your life in his own goodness and his own grace. And he's, he, he, he chooses not to hold what you've done against you. And what he asks of you is to merely acknowledge in your heart that he is who he says he is, even though you can't be who you, who, who you want to be. And he says, listen, come to me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And he says, if to do that, you confess in your, you believe in your heart, you confess in your mouth that he is the way, the truth, and the life, you will start a new journey of life. I don't make any promise about how easy it's going to be because it's not. But it will be full of love, and it will be full of joy, and it will be full of peace. It will be full of hope. It will be full of life because you're choosing to follow the one who created life. The words that, that Phil read to us at the beginning of service this morning. And so if you've been just living in existence, you're not really alive, you're not really awake, whether you've followed Jesus for a while or you haven't, in this moment, I want you to reconnect to Jesus. I'll give you a chance. And so we're going to try and wake Would you stand just so you're not sleeping? Right? Make it real between you and God right now. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.